Good morning and welcome to LifeBridge Online. Whenever it is that you're watching this, once again, we're grateful that you have tuned in and you are allowing us to be part of your world. We fully believe that no matter what you're doing right now, uh, whether you're cutting grass or working out in the yard, driving to work, that God can use this time. He can use the words that we're going to read from his recorded word, and he can impact your life. And so we're grateful that um, in this time of, of COVID and, and coming out of COVID, praise the Lord, uh, that, that you're still allowing us to be part of it. And we believe that God can and will work in your life. With that, let's pray. And we're going to get into this topic of wisdom. Hey, Father, we come before you right now. Uh, Lord, I pray that you remove distractions. I pray that we hear directly from you. As we read scriptures, we read some of the words that the wisest man wrote for us to have, uh, some of the law that was given to, to the Israelite nation. Father, I pray that these passages speak directly to us. We love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So if you're playing along at home, uh, listening to this, a little audience participation, of course, I know I won't be able to hear what what's being said, but I want you to ask, and maybe you can have the discussion with some of those who are watching this right now, what are you most afraid of? Like, like what's, what's the thing? And, and I know that this changes through, through different seasons of life. Uh, there's different things going on, different experiences in our past or in the past of others that may influence this. So what is it that you are most afraid of? Uh, maybe it's something tragic happening to you or to, to family. We, we certainly hope that that doesn't happen. Maybe it's COVID. Uh, I know that has been a tremendous fear. As a matter of fact, I, I was able to travel to Michigan last week and it just seems that there, there's just so many more people who are scared. They're still extremely scared of COVID. Maybe it's something like spiders, uh, snakes. Uh, maybe you're afraid of flying, even though that is the safest form of travel. Uh, what about heights? Um, we actually have a, a commercial airline pilot in, in our church, and he's actually afraid of heights, believe it or not. What about failure or rejection. Maybe those are the things that you are most afraid of. We bring this up because today as we talk about wisdom, we're actually talking about fear. And fear is this overarching emotion that is felt when the senses are heightened over some trigger some thought that something may happen, something bad may happen, or, or, or some experience, or some uncomfortable situation that maybe you are in. Fear becomes a phobia when it interferes with our ability to function and maintain a consistent quality of life. And so if you get into studying fear, there's there's different levels. There's terror, there's horror. You, you just kind of, I'll, I'll let you do all that uh, on your own. But, but fear is this kind of overarching, it's this umbrella which all these different emotions fall under. And when something uh, becomes, uh, it becomes a phobia when it interferes with our ability to fun function and maintain a consistent 
quality of life. Uh, we, we have a lady in our church. Her name is Jamie. Uh, she went with us to Zimbabwe a couple of years ago, and, and it's such a long trip. It, it takes almost two full days from the time we leave Alabama to get to the front door of, of where we are in the bush in Zimbabwe. And within the first five minutes that we were there, this is where that I learned Jamie has a phobia of spiders. Now, I knew that spiders had been brought up in conversations and preparations for the trip and everything, but this is where I realized that she has a phobia. And there was a, a spider on the wall, and it's about the size of a 50-cent piece. It, it, it's real flat, almost. And, and this thing was right above her bed, and she shrieked. Like, we heard her. We're, we're staying in another rendezvous uh, 100 yards away or so, and uh, man, we heard her scream, and her roommate Kristen was there, and so I, I came up there to check out what was going on and everything, and there was a spider. And these, these spiders, again, they're about the size of a 50-cent piece. They're flat, so they look big, but man, they are fast, and they're hard to hit. And so this spider is just darting all over the place. Uh, Jamie's, you know, curled up in the fetal position. She's unable to function while Kristen is trying to, to take care of this thing. That's a phobia. Okay, uh, phobias interfere with the ability to function. But here's the cool thing about fear. When properly managed, fear can be a healthy part of life. Uh, you know, the overall purpose of fear is that we avoid harm. Uh, and so that, that fear has an important place. Then you get into the Bible. And the Bible tells us that fear is extremely important in functioning within the world as Christ followers. Now, now, the Bible doesn't come out and say fear is an important function as you follow Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of instruction about fear. Uh, we can make the argument that fear is the foundation in which we build a healthy relationship with God on. Fear isn't the whole relationship, mind you. It, it's the foundation in which we build a healthy relationship with God on. And I get it. I was writing this, and uh, Zach Williams' song came up. If you've seen the video, it's where he's actually in an uh, all-male prison, and he's singing uh, the, the popular song, No Longer Slaves. And in that song, he, 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 they, they mention over and over and over again, one of the main lines that is repeated is, I'm no longer a slave to fear. But fear, according to the Bible, is really an important component of this relationship with God. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 1, chapter 2 is where we're going to be most of the day. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 reads, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So Solomon is writing this, and, and you know this is one of his letters or, or one of his works that he's given to, human, uh, to humanity. And he writes out of the gate, Fear of God is the foundation for true knowledge. And so I read that and I think through that, well, if, if fear of God is the foundation for true knowledge, what's the difference? What, what's the difference between true knowledge and 
untrue knowledge or not true knowledge. And so as we unpack this today, I want us to kind of look at a couple of biblical definitions that we're going to work with just to make sure that we are all on the same page as we proceed. And I get it. You, you, you go to your Apple dictionary on your phone, on your device. It may define this one way. Uh, Merriam-Webster's is going to define it you know, another way. They're going to be very similar. But, but we're actually going to take the biblical definitions, what these words meant in the Hebrew at the time that they were being uh, used. What do they mean? What did they mean to the audience that Solomon was writing to. So let's start with knowledge, because fear is the foundation for true knowledge, right? Knowledge used in the Bible uh, means the ability to discern, all right? Uh, that's what this is. Uh, knowledge, another way of saying it, is it's, it's the facts that drive the decision-making or the ability to think through a scenario. That's knowledge. It's the facts that drive the decision-making. All right? Got me? You, you following me? Wisdom, then, when it's used in the Bible, it means experience. Uh, wisdom is accumulated knowledge. All right? So wisdom uh, is this accumulated knowledge. And so our text for the week says that fear of the Lord is where true knowledge is built. Now, if you flip over to the second chapter, Proverbs chapter 2, 6 tells us where true knowledge comes from. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. What is knowledge? It's the facts that drive decision-making. It's the ability to discern. What is wisdom? It's accumulated Knowledge. Proverbs 2 6 tells us, For the Lord gives wisdom. The Lord is the one who gives us this accumulated knowledge. From his mouth come the facts that drive decision making. From his mouth come the ability to discern and to understand. True knowledge are facts that come from the mouth of the Lord. These are his instructions. This is his word that he is giving us. So if you're receiving your facts, so if, if you're sitting there at home today, and if you're receiving your facts that lead to making decisions in your life, and it does not come from the mouth of the Lord, this most likely is bad knowledge or untrue knowledge. Here's the thing. Bad knowledge has a worldly slant to it. Now, now understand what we're talking about here today. We're, we're talking about life decisions. You know, we're not, we're not talking about things, we're not talking about trivial things like making a decision about what brand of motor oil to, to put in your truck, right? Like, we're not talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, although I highly recommend you seek out wise counsel about that too because the vehicle is an important part of your life. Here's the deal. Where am I getting the information to make the life decisions that God cares about? That, that, that's what we're talking about when we talk about wisdom and knowledge. The ability to make the life decisions that God cares about. And here's the truth. God cares a lot. He cares a lot about what we do. Does he care about what color shirt I put on this morning? Probably not. 
He, he doesn't care about that. Does God care about you know, what my favorite football team and the information that I'm receiving? That Probably not. Does he care about what motor oil I'm putting into, into my truck? Probably not. God cares a lot about life and the decisions that we make. So where am I getting this information? Where am I getting the facts that drive the decision making? Is it coming from his mouth? Because that's what Proverbs 2, 6 tells us. From his mouth comes wisdom. He gives knowledge. Or, or is the information that we receive, is it coming from you name it. Is it coming from magazine articles or is it coming from newspaper? Is it coming from social media outlets? Is it coming from the news you watch? Is it coming from peers who may or may not have the greatest relationship with God? Where are we getting the knowledge to make the life decisions that God cares about? Fear of the Lord is the foundation in which true knowledge comes from. Like the true knowledge that comes from him is built on this foundation that is out of fear. Fear of the Lord. And so it's super important for us as we try to wrap our mind around wisdom and we try to wrap our mind around knowledge we have to understand and know how to fear the Lord. So how do we develop it? How do we develop fear for the Lord? Because we live in a day and an age, I believe, where, where few people fear God. Now, I'm not talking about having a phobia of the Almighty God that keeps us from being able to function. That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about a healthy fear. A, a respect and, a, and an awareness of the consequences of our actions when we choose to live our lives based on knowledge, not from his mouth. Let me say that again. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about a healthy fear. That's what we need to develop. A respect and awareness of the consequences of our actions. When we choose to live our lives based on knowledge, not from his mouth. We want to develop this fear. So turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. The man who writes this is the wisest man uh, to live on the earth. And he is writing to us about the journey of life from womb to tomb. Right? Like Solomon is David's son. And God pretty much gives Solomon this blank check. I'm going to give you anything you want. That's what he says. I'll, I'll give you whatever you want. And, and Solomon could have asked for anything. He could have asked for um, an entire rule over the entire earth. He, he could have asked for, for more palaces. He could have asked for you know a couple more wives because you know, he just didn't have enough with, with the, the 300. Um, he, he could have asked for just about anything that he wanted, and he asked for wisdom. And so this guy who has received this wisdom, because wisdom comes from the Lord, this man who received this wisdom, he's writing these couple of, of works for you and I to learn from today. And in Ecclesiastes, the whole book is about this journey from womb to tomb, from birth to death. And so chapter 12 is the conclusion of this exhortation from Solomon. And there's some great stuff in this chapter. So starting in verse 1. 
He writes, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. There's a warning right here. And it's a major warning that we need to understand. We need to hear this today, especially young people. Don't let the excitement of your youth cause you to forget. Because I think that's one of the things that happens. You know, when you're young, and we've all been there at some point in time, when you're young, there are two, two main obstacles that you have to survive. The, the first obstacle is you're a know-it-all. And we've all been there to some degree, somewhere in our 30s and younger, we believe that we know it all. Maybe we're growing up in the house. Man, our parents are just fools. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what I'm going through. And you just think that you know it all. And it doesn't matter what teachers or coaches or you know Sunday school teachers, or your minister, your parents, your aunts, your grandparents, it doesn't matter. Man, nobody can tell you what you need to know because you know it all. That's one obstacle. And we've all been there on some level, I promise you. Every one of us has been there. The second thing that happens, again, on some level, is that you think you're invincible. Man, you, you, you think that man, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm okay. I'll be fine. That won't impact me. I can watch this, and it's not going to do anything to me. I can read this. I can go on this date. I can do this I can jump off this, whatever the case may be, you think that you are invincible and nothing bad will happen to you. And here's the thing, if you are under 30, man, you're still battling these obstacles on some level. The rest of us, we've survived them. Praise the Lord. And Solomon writes, that in our youth, in the excitement of our youth, we're not to forget our Creator. And so the rest of chapter 12 tells us when and how we are to remember Him. And so if you read the rest of that, He tells us when and how different ways that we're to remember God. I want you to jump to verse 13 and 14 with me of chapter 12. He wraps up this, this journey of life summary, if you will. And here's the conclusion. Verse 13, that's the whole story. Here now is the final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. So this whole book is about this journey of life from birth to death. Verse 1 of this chapter, he tells us that in our the excitement of our youth and, and, and everything that the youthful nature brings, that we are not to forget our Creator. We're not to forget who this thing. And he closes up this, this exhortation with this final conclusion for everybody. Fear God and obey His commands for this is your responsibility. So when we talk about developing a healthy fear this morning and how we're to do that, the first thing in this becoming a God-fearing person is to know that we have the responsibility. Solomon tells us, 
It's our responsibility to fear the Lord. It's not the Lord's responsibility for us to fear him. Okay? It, it doesn't work that way. This isn't something that, that we, yeah, we can pray about it, but this is on us. We are the ones that are to fear the Lord. It's my part of the relationship. And I get it. Fear doesn't sound like an important attribute to bring to a healthy relationship. And I'll come back to this in a moment. Like when you think about healthy relationships, you know, fear is not one of those components or one of those attributes that you list in healthy relationships. But based on the wisest man to ever live, fearing God is our responsibility. And that is in his final conclusion of wrapping up this life from from birth to death, everyone has the responsibility to fear the Lord. And so as we learn to, to, to develop that, that's what we need to know. It's our responsibility. The second thing, the second thing we need to do to develop a healthy uh, fear of the Lord is found in verse 14. We need to be aware of this. Verse 14, God will judge us for everything we do including every secret thing. Church, here's the truth. We're going to face judgment. And we're going to be held accountable for every word and for every deed. And if you don't hear anything else the rest of this day, hear this. God's wrath toward people who choose to live sinful lives is real. I mean, God's wrath is real. And we don't like to think about that. If you're an unsaved person who hears my voice right now, or you're a Christian, and you're just choosing to live in sin, listen to me. God's wrath is real. And Hebrews tells us, man, there's no grace for those who choose to live in sin. And so if you fall into one of these two groups right now, if you're hearing my voice and you're not a Christian or you are a Christian and you're choosing to live in sin, hear my voice. Be warned. The wrath of God is real and we are going to be judged on every deed, every word spoken. And I believe that we forget or maybe we just choose to not pay attention to this detail about God. I know in our culture here in the States, we want to make God out to be this grandpappy in the sky figure who gives us stuff that we want without any real consideration for how we treat him. Like, like that's who we've turned God into. He's just this big, lovable, huggable, he's going to give me whatever type of figure up in the sky, and it doesn't matter really how we treat him. And that's just not the truth. God is extremely fair in our relationship with him. Everything we have is from him. Everything we have is through him. And he tells us, and it's really clear in Scripture, that he, he allows those who are just and unjust to, to have his blessings and to have his mercies. God's extremely fair in the relationship. And part of that fairness is the judgment that we face and the judgment that we deserve. 
and know today that if we are choosing sin, we have judgment waiting us. And it's unavoidable. That is why we need to develop a healthy fear of the Lord because of the judgment that awaits us. The third thing that I would tell you to do to develop fear, to become a God-fearing person, the third thing I would tell you to do is to study His Word. Now, you gotta study it. Not just for facts, not just for knowledge, not just for, you know, to, to keep you to keep you occupied from doing other things that maybe you shouldn't be doing or watching or whatever the case may be. But as you study, as you get into it, as, it, as the word gets into your heart and it impacts your life, you're going to be reminded of why fear is necessary in this relationship with God. And the New Testament doesn't talk about fear an awful lot. It's there. Peter and Paul certainly talk about it. Old Testament talks about fear a lot. Man, there, there, were, there were people that lived their lives because they were more fearful of God than what else was around them. And here's the beauty. As, as we study the word, as, as we know that fearing the Lord is our responsibility, as we understand that we're going to face judgment, and as we see fear throughout Scripture, here's the beauty of this. I fear the Lord, but I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of the judgment that awaits. I'm not afraid of having everything I do and say judged. I'm not afraid of this. Fear is healthy in this relationship with God. And from if you're reading along with your Core 52 books at home, fear, and I love this, Fear turns to reverence, and reverence to awe, and awe to adoration. That's the unique characteristic about fearing the Lord. It's not this frightful terror that keeps me unable to function. Fearing the Lord turns to adoration. My obedience to the Lord today is, is not driven by fear. My obedience to the Lord today is driven by adoration. In the beginning of the relationship, hey, fear tends to drive obedience. I mean, you, you think back to the healthy family environments that hopefully you're somewhat familiar with. Kids are obedient to their parents because, hey, they're, they're a little bit fearful of the consequences. You know, they get that wooden spoon across the backside or they have to stand in time out or they're, they're, whatever the case may be, they're fearful of the consequences. Stella is is just there's a there's a fear right now with her you know being eleven years old that preteen stage uh, that her attitude if if it sets you know me or mom off in the right wrong way that we're gonna take away her electronic devices for long periods of time and and man like, she's super fearful of that right but as kids grow and as they mature hopefully that fear in obedience turns to respect in obedience. Fear turns to reverence in our relationship with the Lord, which turns to awe, which turns to adoration. 
And so I personally want to be obedient to the Lord because I know what he has done for me and I know what he is doing for me. Church, hear me. I'm not perfect. I, I mess up. I still commit sins in my life. But I don't have to be afraid of standing before God on that day of judgment because of the fear I have of him today. See, when we don't fear him today and we don't do what he asks us to do today and we're choosing to live in sin today and there's no fear of, of God's wrath, what, what awaits us should scare us. Fear is the foundation for true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. I know the topic of the day is wisdom. But, but here's the thing about talking about wisdom. There is no sense in talking about what life is being built on if the foundation isn't where it needs to be. So that's why we've had so much discussion today about fear. If we get the fear part right, and that's, that's my part, that's my responsibility. If we get the fear part right, God does the rest, and that's his part. For the Lord gives wisdom. He is the one who gives us his accumulated knowledge. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. My part is to fear the Lord. Where's wisdom come from? It comes from him. That's his part. So I don't have to try to go out and gain wisdom. I just have to fear the Lord and live life and do what he expects me to do. And as I do that, he gives me wisdom. He gives me this accumulated knowledge. He gives me the knowledge, the facts, and the understanding. Now, since we're talking about wisdom, and, and that is the topic of the day, I do want to say this about wisdom. You know, wisdom being accumulated knowledge always manifests itself in action. Right? Like, I mean, that was from our reading this week, and I love how Mark Moore included that detail. Wisdom shows itself in action. Here's the thing about wisdom. Wisdom is not something I keep for me. As we fear the Lord and God gives wisdom, it's not for us to keep to ourselves. Our wisdom is for the benefit of others. And anything God gives, spiritual gifts, blessings, answered prayers, can be and should be used for others. What God gives us is to be shared with other people. And you, you think about this through the walk of life. I've shared you. I, I, I've grown up on a farm and you know my family moved to a farm and we're surrounded by all these all these other old timey farmers. And, and and just I just know that being around you know like Walter Martin for example um, man you know the, these guys that have been uh, on the farm living this life for decades and they grew up in this environment man they had a lot of wisdom to share with with my family with my dad who then passed these things on down to me and and I can tell you probably 
a dozen stories of where I was trying to do something and there was an older guy, somebody that had a little more knowledge, a little more wisdom in, in, in what it was I was doing. Say, hey, you want me to help you with that? You want me to, you want me to show you an alternate way? It's, here's the thing. Wisdom is not about keeping these, this information, this accumulated knowledge. It's not about keeping it from me. Wisdom shows itself in action. Wisdom is to be shared with, with other people. Deuteronomy chapter 10, this is the last verse. We're about to close this out. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Like, like this, this is a major question for, for God's people. What does the Lord require of you? And I, now, that's a question that, man, you know, so many of us are, are, are list people. You, you give me the short three-step answer to what I need to know. Here it is. What's the Lord require of you? He requires only, right? Only, only that you fear the Lord your God. You live in a way that pleases him. You love him and you serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. What does the Lord require? He requires that you fear him. You live in a way that pleases him. You love him, you serve him. Well, how do I do that? How do I love him and it says with all my heart and soul and serve him with all my heart and soul? I do this by serving others. I do this. And so this whole thing about having wisdom, it's not about my life and it's not even about just my family. It's about serving others. How do I love God with all of my heart and soul, and how do I serve God? Because here's the thing. I can't serve God. I can't do anything for God. I love him, and I serve him by serving other people. What happens when we fear the Lord? We are the recipient of wisdom. Fear is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So my question for you today, are you fearful or are you a fool? Until next week.